Well, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you, and it's an interesting day. We're gonna we're gonna this is gonna go out tonight. Today, uh, former President Donald Trump was uh, arraigned, arrested, and arraigned in New York. Got to tell you, never thought I'd see this in this nation. Uh, such corruption. Um, by the way, let me just tell you, the crime they're accusing him isn't isn't a federal crime. The feds have refused to prosecute it. The former DA of New York, Manhattan, refused to prosecute it. This DA ran on, on, on saying he was going to sue Trump a hundred times. And um, it's it's probably going to go expedited up to the Supreme Court and they're probably going to throw it out. They're going to say there's no there's statute of limitations, even if it did break the law. Statute of limitations expired five years ago. You can't bring it up. You can't try to. He's trying to tie it into political, saying that he lied on the campaign because he's trying to make it a federal crime. But it's not going to work. It's, you know, it's just a nuisance. And, but why does God choose someone like Donald Trump? This, this came up in 2016. And you had a lot of Christians say, you know, we need a Christian leader. We need someone who is going to lead this nation and, you know, Christian to godly principles. And we get this guy named Donald Trump who it's kind of bizarre, you know, because he does more uh, for Christianity, more for Israel. He does more to defend Christians. As a matter of fact, he rebuked most of the pastors for being so silent and allowing uh, themselves to be treated in this nation so poorly. Um and why doesn't God use other people? Well, isn't there, certainly there's some other person. And the truth of the matter is, no, there wasn't. Now I'm going to explain why. Most Christians who would run for president think they should be president because they're Christians. So I call it Christian privilege. And um, they think because they're Christians and because they're, you know, the spiritual offspring of Jesus, that they automatically should be in positions of ruling. But to be honest with you, I don't know anyone inside the church that could be president. Politics is a different arena. Business of that scale is a way different arena. You know, the thing about Donald Trump was he wasn't going to quit. A lot of Christians, to be honest with you, would be so hurt by the things said against him. They would make up stuff. Forget about what Donald Trump did, you know, in his old his past and all that. To be honest with you, let's look at that. Let's think about this for a second. Since he came down the escalator, they have literally been lying about him. All right. Um they they but by, by the way, when they lied to him and said he was racist against Mexico, go read his actual uh, speech that day. He was talking, he was saying they're bringing their worst over here and that's who we're getting in Mexico. And that was true. They were, they were, you know, my problem with Donald Trump is sometimes he doesn't clarify every statement, but when you go read it, it's pretty clear. But what most people never heard what he said, they just heard what the media said because Christians are mostly lazy uh, when it comes to finding out this kind of stuff. They are. I'm sorry. We, we, we were so focused on clickbait that we don't sometimes go and actually see what did he say charlottesville was another one uh go read what he actually said go listen to what he 
actually said. And, you know, the, the, the media has been lying. So not only has been media lying, but he had the GOP, the Democrats, the deep state, all investigating him, all coming after him. And they tried, they lied about his impeachment twice because uh, the first one was Russia collusion. That turned out to be a whole lie. The second was over a phone call um, to Zelensky, which was, there was, it was all bull crap. There was nothing uh, in there at all. And so it, it's, it's the crap that we've had to put up with. If Donald Trump was really the villain, if, if he was really a criminal, like Al Capone, we would know about it. The problem is Donald Trump refuses to play by the rules. And you go, why would God choose someone like that? Why would God raise up a leader like that? Now, some people would think, well, God's not involved. No, God's involved, okay? Um, it was prophesied back years ago by Kim Clement and by, um, oh, God, I'm going to forget the other one now. Um, Kim Clement and one other prophet. I'll remember it as we're talking. And... They both passed away before he ran. And um, so what is, why would God, why would God raise up? Well, I want to give you the mind of God here spoken through our Lord Jesus. And this is after the spirit of the Lord came upon him. You know, and he, he talks about this in, in Luke 418. And, and they're all marveled. And then all of a sudden they get, upset because this is this is Mary's son, Joseph's son, his brothers and sisters are around us. And he says a prophet is not without honor and and except for in his own uh town. Now Luke 4 25. Now listen to this. This is the heart of God. But I tell you truly many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens when heaven was shut up three years and six months. And there was a great famine throughout the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent, except to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. All those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up to thrust them out of the city. Now, I want you to I want you to understand why they were upset because this is what Jesus was saying. Yeah, there was need in Israel, but there was no faith. There was no one who would obey me. There was no one who came to me. There was no one who was reaching out for me. So I went to a people who didn't know my name. See, the problem in the church is we have actually more faith. Bill Johnson puts it this way. We have more faith in the return of Jesus to rescue us than we do in the gospel to preach the gospel and to change society. We have more faith. We have more, more of our attention as a Jesus must be coming back at any moment than actually preaching the gospel with boldness, with power, and with demonstration to change the world. That's where our faith is in most of the churches. They don't believe faith. They don't believe that society is going to be redeemed. You actually believe this demonic end-time delusion, which is everything is supposed to go to hell in a handbasket before Christ's return. And you think you're going to be taken out of it. But the Bible actually says the tares, not the wheat, the tares are taken first. So I want you to think about that for a second. 
So again, why would God, has God ever done this before? Has God ever chose someone to rule over Israel? So if we can see this, this in scripture, we at least have biblical text, a biblical understanding of why this could happen. Isaiah 45. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors and that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who called you by name, am the God of Israel, for Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel my elect. I even called you out by name. I have named you. Though you have not known me, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you through you, through you, uh, through, uh, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, no other, and form the light and create the darkness and make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. This is Cyrus. It's very interesting, very interesting scripture here. That God makes Cyrus king, okay, when, when he could have chose, there was other Jews, there was offsprings of David, he certainly could have made him king, and, but why doesn't he? Why, why, why doesn't he make him? Because there was no one that he could use, there was no one fit for it. Like, I have friends like Chris Valentin, Bill Johnson. I can think of a lot of great leaders. They would get killed in this position. They're not called. They're called as apostles, but they're not called to be the president. Why? It's a dirty game, number one. And our uh, we adhere to other things. We adhere maybe in the church. Maybe we adhere to never saying anything negative or, or being kind to everyone, everything. Like Jesus was kind to everyone, which I always laugh about because read the Gospels. Jesus wasn't always that kind. Jesus, you know, rebuked. And um, now I'm not saying everyone has to do that. I'm saying, you know, the Bible, look at, I mean, the Bible says here, I am the one who creates light and darkness, peace and calamity. That's what it says about God. And, you know, sometimes God looks in the earth and he's going, who can I trust? Who can I say do a thing? And he'll do it. Now, I find it very interesting and this is what Lance Wall now prophesied. John Paul Jackson, by the way, see, I told you I remember it. He prophesied that Trump would be president. Um, and, and then, you know, Lance Wall now prophesied. The Lord told him that he was going to be the 45th president. He was Cyrus the king in our time. Just happens to be Isaiah 45. Isn't that amazing? See, God's amazing. His timing's amazing. His, 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 know-how is amazing now why why does the right and the left political parties like the the establishment why do they hate donald trump well it's like this um it would be like you deciding that you were going to start a movie company tomorrow you've never been in the movie company but let's just say you were the ceo of coca-cola 
and you decide now all of a sudden you're a billionaire and you're going to go into the movie business and you're going to create a studio. And all the other people around there, all the other directors and studios, most of them are going to be like, um, what the heck are you doing in my field? This is my game. This is, this is what I've been doing for 30, 40 years. We have a way of doing things. Let's just say you're going to do stuff differently. Let's just say you're going to do stuff differently. You're going to say, hey, look, you're going to pay actors royalties. You're going to sit there and go, look, this is how it's going to go. Uh, instead of paying you to make the movie, we're going to pay you $2 million, pay you $2 million. This is what we're going to do for our actors. Our top five actors in the movie are all going to get a portion of total earnings. I feel this is going to be a great move. I feel it's going to gross about $200 million. I got about a $30 million budget. I get my $30 million back, but then the six of us or the five of us are going to split the profits. You know, if we make $200 million, we're all going to get 20% of the profits. And they're like, hey, that's awesome. And now you're changing the game. And people do not like it when you change their game. Look what's going on with the Live Tour and the PGA Tour. People do not like when you change their game. All of a sudden, Saudi Arabia decides, you know, we want to start a different golf. A different, we want to get into the golf league business. We're already in it. We're sponsoring. You know, they give about 40. By the way, they, they sponsor most of the LPGA Tour. And But they go, we want to do something different. We got Greg Norman here. He wants to create a different kind of golf league. He just wants to do something different. And all of a sudden, you know, the you know people we loved in golf, all of a sudden became villains. Phil Mickelson became a villain. He was the darling. Now he's the villain. Dustin Johnson hardly says a word. He becomes a villain. Okay? And all of a sudden, we're attacking Saudi Arabia. We're attacking them when the PGA Tour takes money from Saudi Arabia. But they're attacking them, calling them, they're trying to whitewash things through sports and all this. All these human rights violations and and yet, the PGA Tour takes money from China left and right, which is the number one human rights violator. Why, why does that happen? Because you don't understand. You're not our group. Our group is a club. Everyone's paid their dues to be in here. And everybody knows how the system works in politics. And here comes this businessman. Oh, by the way, a businessman who's given us all money. A businessman who, when we needed something, was there. A businessman that, you know, would come to our events and we'd go to his events and we love to rub arms with Donald Trump because he's such a nice guy. Now he's entering politics. All of a sudden, Kasich, former congressman and um, Ohio governor, literally said this today. Trump will never be president. Traditional Republicans will never vote for him. The guy couldn't be farther away from the truth in his life. He's he's it's it's just that spirit, and he thinks like no one in the GOP is gonna vote for him. More and more people are lining up to vote. Even more and more people now are gonna go to the polls in 2024 and they're gonna vote for President Trump. By the way. Even if he was thrown in jail, do you know he could still become president and he, they'd have to release him? 
and he could actually pardon himself? Not going to happen. He's not going to jail. Matter of fact, this is probably going to be immediately brought up to uh, the Supreme Court, and they're going to sit there. This is a photo op. That's all this. All Alvin Bragg wants is a photo op of Donald Trump mugshot. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. And he wants it so he can campaign off it again. This They, they, want, they think that photo op, this is how they think. That photo op is going to stop Americans. This is why it's backfiring on them. This is why Democrats are starting to come out and going, don't we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. But why does God choose that? Because there's not a willing vessel to take the charge. This is why we lose the seven mountains. There's not a vessel who will go in there and go, um, you know what? <clears throat> I'm coming into this field, but I'm going to do it differently. Donald Trump, how do you do it differently? Now, I know people always got added. This is why I love people. I really don't like his tweets. And I want to go, how many of his tweets did you actually read? Because that's just a, that's just a Democratic Party line, his tweets. But most people don't even read Twitter. So I laugh. I go, you never read Twitter. So how do you know what he tweeted? Oh, I saw that he's writing bad tweets. Again, we're too lazy. Now, do I wish that everything would be so utopian that you never have to push back? Rush Limbaugh used to say for 20 years, someday we're going to get a president who's going to resist the movement to make a socialist. He says, someday we're going to get that president. And when that guy gets in there, or that girl, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a bloodbath. And it's going to be a bloodbath because most Republicans don't know how to fight. They don't know how to resist. And so they always capitulate. They think that, you know, when, let's put it this way, we just recently had the big spending bill from Biden. And the Republicans go out there and say, we got $41 billion for the, more for the military. That $41 billion isn't even staying in America. It's going to go to Ukraine and everything. It's a big win for the Republicans. Why? Well, because they get donations. You know, their, their charities get donations from the war machine. And they get kickbacks. And their sons get jobs. Their daughters get positions. And they have a charity. And their fam others, you know, they're, they're, you know, like McConnell's wife is uh, Chinese and her family has business in China. And so guess what? They've been making money for 30 years off of China. He doesn't make, he doesn't report it on him. It's his wife's income. She's not a, she's not an elected, elected official. She doesn't have to worry about that. It's how the game works. It's the same way with Jesus. Okay. Why didn't they want Jesus? Because he disrupted the status quo. The Pharisees, let's think of what was going on, some of the accusations. They were putting burdens on people that Jesus said they would not move one finger to lift. They were stealing with the offerings. They had money changers. What they were doing is they would take your lamb, they'd look at it, and they go, that's not good enough, but we'll buy it. you got to buy ours. And they'd sell them a different, a different sheep, and then they'd put that one back in the fold, and they'd sell it. They were just money changing. They were, they were ripping off the people. 
they were seeking the praises of people by offering up these long prayers in the streets so people would worship them. Here comes Jesus. He's doing miracles. None of them do it. He's got authority when he speaks. They don't. He's not, he's not a Pharisee. He's not a Levite. He's not, you understand? He's not one of us. He's not one of us. John was one of them. Now look at, John was in a priestly family. Okay? Jesus was not. Jesus was a cousin, but he wasn't it, it, through marriage. Some, one, someone in the family married and put those two families together. He was a cousin, but he wasn't a Levite. John was from the tribe of Levi in the tribe of Judah. Somewhere in there, the, the lines crossed, you know? And, and it's really important for us to understand why God chooses someone like Donald. Why does he, why does he, why does he wake up Bill Johnson one night and call him to be president? Because Bill's not called to be president. And by the way, Bill would get killed in that environment. It's not an environment for Bill. Bill's where Bill needs to be. He's right. He's in the, he is in what God has called him to do. But you take someone as nice as Bill and put him in that, and it's not, not going to work, right? You need you you need a you need a street fighter for politics. There's been Christians who try to go and run, and you know we've had, you know, uh, we've had um, Jerry Falwell and all those guys try to get into political arena, and they really don't fit in it because they're afraid to say the hard thing because they they live by this the you know uh, they sometimes live by the need of everyone liking them. Now, when they're in Scripture, it's one thing, but you have to deal with politics. Politics isn't always Scripture, you know, based. In other words, I can't always go, well, the Bible says that we should not let people illegally cross the border, you know. So it's a different arena. And that's why movies, you look at what The Chosen is doing. Okay, look what Mel, Mel Gibson was trying to do to create a, a really authentic movie about the crucifixion. And he faced total resistance in Hollywood. They wanted him to remove some lines out of it that he said no to. So he had to fund it himself. Not only does he fund it, puts up his own $30 million, it grosses almost $700 million. Now they're ticked off. And yes, he's got his father's a little bit of an anti-Semite. Uh, uh, so there are some issues there. And so, but here was a guy who brought them millions for years, millions of billions for years. It wasn't that he was anti. They don't care about that, folks. They don't care about that. Don't mess with the system. The banking system. Don't mess with the banking system. Don't mess with the 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 way we have built things. Because we don't like it. We don't like disruptors. It's like the iPhone. What was it 2007? I remember January. He announced the iPhone. And uh, I've had every year I've gotten a new iPhone. I give, I pass my down to my wife and my daughter and my sons. And I always get a new one every year. And I could tell you this right here. This was such a disruptor. People said it was going to fail. Verizon said it was going to fail. 
we make phones, Verizon said. We are the ones who have to say in the phone, not a computer company. We tell them what we want in the phone that they design. And Apple said, no, we're going to design the phone. We just want to put it on your network. And we want your network to change a little bit, to have what we call visual voicemail. In other words, you can actually see your voicemail. You don't have to sit there and and listen to it to see who called you. You could actually go to it and see who called you. Now, it's everywhere. But then Verizon, by the way, I had Verizon. And my plan ended on July 1st. And the next day, the phone came out on July 1st. The next day, I went and changed my you know thing and went and picked up my iPhone plugged it in, transferred my number over, and I got an AT&T. AT&T was the only one that said, yes, we'll do it. So it's, it's really to understand this, is that when someone comes in, when, and especially in this instance, when God lifts up somebody um, to, just to save America, you go, well, no, only God saves. Well, he used, he used kings before. Let's not, let's not act like, God didn't raise up David. Okay, let's not let's stop the heresy of thinking God didn't use kings. Okay, we know he's not the savior of man's souls. Okay, we know that. We know he's not perfect or flawless or anything like that. He's now a believer. And I don't expect him to be, uh, um, you know, to sit home and study the Bible all day. The guy's a busy guy. There's kings, there's priests. Sometimes they're over, most of the time they overlap, but he's a really good king. Let's let's leave him there. Now, you know, America doesn't have kings. We know that. Stop. It's like sometimes we just can't handle the metaphor in our head to understand what's going on. God uses people. Sometimes God has to go with outside of, of his people to pull someone out who's willing to fight. And he stirs it up in them. Let, let, let me give you another example of this before we go. How long am I going? Oh, going a long time. Let me give you one more example of this. Daniel, I just want to show you this. Daniel begins to pray in Daniel 9. He's reading, he's reading the prophecies of Jeremiah. And you can read it yourself. He begins to pray for the 70 years to come to an end because it's time for them to come to an end. And he begins to pray, and he begins to cry out. There. He repents for the nation, um, and he does all this stuff. Okay, and then it says this: if you look at Ezra, and this is what happens. This is Cyrus. Okay, we're back to Cyrus again. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven, has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord. God of Israel, he is God, which is... Remember, he doesn't know him. But he did call him, by the way. He did call him through Daniel. Daniel teaches him about God. 
Whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of this place help him with the silver and gold, with good... God stirred up the spirit of... He wasn't a Jew, folks. He wasn't even an Israeli king. He was a king of Persia. And God's... Why? Why? Why didn't God raise up a king to go in there and conquer them and bring back the people? Because there might not have been anyone available to stir up. And maybe because God desires that we hear in the spirit what he's doing so that we have ears to hear. I hope you see that. Why God chose Trump. It's important that you know. I know this is controversial, but he did use kings outside of Israel to deliver Israel. Because God is not worried. He is convinced that he's God and he can turn every soul. Thanks for listening this week. God bless you. You have a great day. Bye-bye.